3: is the pack Podcast.
2: Hello once again, everybody. Welcome to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. My name is Mike Wetland. Joining me from two time zones over, Tyler Grezagoric As we've got a game in the books, we've hit the weekend, and it's time to see what's going on in Packerland. And that's the point of this whole podcast. You forget you guys can check us out anywhere good podcasts are found. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify Now, as well as every other podcast app you can possibly find. We will be there 365 days, 20 minutes a day without fail. And so before we jump into our main topic, I'm going to turn it over to you, Tyler. We're, a couple, we're removed from the first game. The Packers got a good win over the Tennessee Titans slash old Houston Oilers 31-17. And what's the first thing that stood out to you from that game?
3: Receivers, receivers, receivers. I This group was incredibly exciting to watch. There was a lot of promise. I, I just... Like it doesn't sound like it right now, but I was just I was so excited to watch them make plays and you know, watch the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks were fun to watch and just this passing game was a lot of fun and it was kind of reminiscent of maybe some past teams and some past offenses that we've seen. So there's a lot of excitement there. I'm trying to keep it reined in. I know it's only one game and it's still the preseason. We haven't even seen Aaron Rodgers yet. But it was just a lot to like in the passing game uh, part of the offense.
2: Absolutely. I agree 100%. And I think the five guys who are battling at the end of that roster, when you have Jamon Moore, Marcos Velda Scantling, Equinemius Brown, D'Angelo Yancey, and Jay Kumaral all had good performances, even though Moore had a couple drops, including the one big bomb from Tim Boyle that is uh, one that's going to stick out for a while. I think all five show that they could be solid NFL players, and I think Trevor Davis is now extremely worried about his roster spot, especially with MVS taking some snaps on kick return.
3: Yeah, and I mean, he should be. I, I mean, MVS didn't do that hot on the kick returns. He wasn't that good. I would have liked to have seen more. The one where he brought it out of the end zone, he was about halfway in, and he decided to try and run it out and ended up getting tackled at the nine, I think. You know, some of those things, he's a rookie. I don't even know if Mike McCarthy's like, hey, just take everything out. You know, I want to see what you can do with it. There's a, kind of a few things to look at. But yeah, Trevor Davis is on the outside looking in right now, and he's got to be worried because all five of those guys were sufficient to above sufficient. And it was just, it, it was fun to watch. I actually thoroughly enjoyed the game on Thursday
2: absolutely and it was a good showing for the quarterbacks as well all of them brought different little things uh Hunley, Kaiser and Boyle all looked pretty good especially i thought Kaiser was the best one to me with his footwork and things but but that's those are just some of our quick takes from the game if you want to hear a full breakdown listen to yesterday's podcast they have the full game analysis from all that went down on this 31-17 win Packers now 1 and 0 in the preseason even though the record doesn't really matter, it's like, who's on it anyway? The points really don't matter. Yeah.
3: No, I mean, it's a good start, though. I mean, a win is a win, and it's not a bad thing. So, I, you know, it doesn't mean anything, but it can maybe affect the morale, the pride, however you want to look at it. You know, a win is a
2: win. Absolutely. There's going to be a lot of good and some work to do from the tape from this, but either way, it is a good, solid start, and football is officially back. But now it's time to kind of turn over to the topic we chose this week. And we each have highlighted five players that we feel need to have bounce back training camps or bounce back seasons if they make the team. And a lot of them are kind of the obvious ones. There's a few starters in there and a couple guys I like to call the Packers punching bags, guys who on mostly social media who have, who can't get a win no matter what they do, whether they do it well or not. They have already been left for dead from the Packers fan base not to say anything bad about the fan base, but it seems like a lot of these guys, when judgment is passed, there's nothing to reverse it. It's it's the it's saying you could never make a second first impression. A lot of these guys have gone that route as well, including one of that we have each chosen one player each from that who kind of have that that stigma attached to them. And they both played average tonight.
3: Yeah, I mean this is a list of, of players that – it's difficult to explain because there's a lot of different factors that obviously go into – you know, comprising a 53-man roster and also when you look at a player in general and the, what they contribute to a team, but I think this list does a good job of kind of covering all of our bases, and it. Tra- I tried to be pretty uh, unbiased as far as, you know, not selecting those Packer punching bags, but as you said, yeah, I, you know, couldn't really help myself with one of them, so.
2: Yeah, I'm the same boy, and both your guy and my guy, I am I am unapassioned, guys. I am an optimist, so I do have their back yet, even though we'll kind of see how things go. But I'd say let's just dive right in. We'll start with your very first one, and you're going to start on the right side of the offensive line. Yeah, I'm going
3: to go with Brian Bulaga, and this is not necessarily from a performance standpoint. Uh, Bulaga just needs to have a healthy year. He's got two years left on his deal, so he still has some time to kind of come back and make an impact. But this team really does need him to have a good 2018. They need him to step up this year and be healthy for, you know, however much of that he can control. And they just need him to be healthy because behind him, there's just not a lot to like. You got Jason Spriggs, who's a guy we're going to talk about later, you know, spoiler alert there. But then, you know, on Thursday we saw Byron Bell come in as the first backup. I'm going to call it, you know, it was bad. And, You know, if if Byron Bell is starting for this team at any point during this season, that's not going to be good. So Bulaga just needs to come back and be healthy in 2018.
2: No, I agree. And the fact that he's already back from his ACL is such a great thing. And as far as the backups, yeah, we'll talk more about Spriggs later. Oh, with Byron Bell on what we saw on Thursday, I think Aaron Nagler summed it up pretty well on Twitter. He showed a video and says, Byron Bell is a guard. Yes.
3: No, that's exactly what I said. He, he cannot move in open space. He does not have the quickness. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, and not anymore. Maybe in his younger playing days. I mean, he's not that old, but he, he just. No, he. he uh... I'm sorry, Mike.
2: Sorry, uh, I was going to say he had he uh, he had a big hip injury a couple years ago which hurt him. He was oh. a left tackle for Carolina for a couple years. Right.
3: And I and I know that he was a good lineman early in his career. I didn't realize that the hip injury was his undoing, I guess. So that's news to me, but uh you know, I just was watching him and he was just like a he was a tree out there. He couldn't move. He, he was just he was just it was bad. <laughs> so, you know, I, if if he's starting any games this year for the Packers at tackle, we'll we'll go with that, then they're going to be in for a world of hurt.
2: No, I agree, and I think Bell is going to be a guy where he's not going to be getting the starter rep next next week. I think Spriggs will step into that spot. As I turn into mine, we had kind of a spirited discussion about who's going to get this player, uh, and it's a lot of pretty obvious one. It's Haha ha Clinton Dix, uh, final year of his rookie deal, safety. They picked up the first player ever to get his fifth year option picked up by the Packers, and he admitted himself he had a rough year last year. He had a down year. He, uh, he was kind of playing out of place in the Capers defense. And after a Pro Bowl All-Pro year, I think he's a guy who's going to need to step up. And he played pretty decently in the couple possessions he was on the field against Tennessee. But he's a guy where if his communication picks up, if he's played in the right spot by Mike Pettin, I think he's still an All-Pro player.
3: Yeah, I fully agree. I mean, I've always been a big advocate for HaHa Clinton Dix. I mean, for what it's worth, I don't buy many Packers jerseys. And he's one of those guys that went out and bought like his second season. And he... You know, when he was coming out of Alabama, there was a lot of discussion as to the kind of role he could play in the NFL. And some people feel he's not even a free safety in the NFL. However, there were some plays, and I think I saw some flashes of this, uh, of his prior. Uh, performance levels and on Thursday night where he was just coming up and making plays. He has come out and said multiple times that he was thinking too much last year. He had probably a lot of responsibility put on him by Capers and Capers asked him to be basically the safety net for this defense. And I feel like that's not his best style of play. So I'm going to give him a pass for last year for now and just kind of see if he can bounce back here in 2018.
2: Absolutely. And just for a quick tip for any you guys wanting to find Packer jerseys. Stop by Goodwills. They're they're usually everywhere. I was able to find a Ross Verba jersey for $6. (laughs) So if you want to go there, that's a good spot for cheap jerseys. But uh, moving on to your next bounce back candidate, we're going to stay in the secondary and a guy who got beat on Thursday on a picker out, but he's still the veteran of the group, one of the veterans of the group, and he could still provide some good depth, and that's Devon House. Yeah,
3: Devon House is a guy who is probably playing for a roster spot right now, and I, he's playing for a roster spot because there's a lot of actually good young talent now in the secondary, and he was the really only true veteran in the secondary last year. Whereas this year you have Tremont Williams, which makes Devon House a little bit more expendable. So if Devon House is becoming a liability, I don't believe that the Packers would think twice about cutting ties with him. He's on a one year deal. You know, I, I would actually probably see rather see guys like Lindsey Pipkins and Donatello Brown get shots over him, but that's a discussion for another time, but he's only really had one good year in his career, 2015. He had four interceptions with the Jaguars after he left Green Bay initially. he He's never really been a playmaker, but he's always been a solid corner, and I think that if he can be a solid corner for this team in 2018, he has a role on the outside as a pressman corner, which I feel like this system is much better suited for him than last year's.
2: I agree 100%, and I think a lot of his role is going to depend on the injury to Kevin King. He hurt his non-surgically repaired shoulder last week, so that could play a part as well. But I agree with you. I want to see guys like Donatello Brown, Josh Hawkins, who I think could still be a player. I want to see those guys get a little bit more playing time, but we'll see how Devon goes As he goes on, at the very least, he could be a good locker room guy for depth as well later on.
3: Yeah, I think if he makes this roster, it's as a veteran leader. However, if he's playing in, let's say, a fourth corner or a fifth corner spot on the roster, he's going to have to contribute on special teams, and I don't know if that's his best ability either. Like, I am not 100% confident that he can contribute on special teams, so I don't know if you keep a guy just because he's a veteran.
2: I agree. And as we move on to our fourth of 10, uh, bounce back candidates, mine, uh, it's Brett Hundley. And my first bullet point was we all saw last (laughs) year. Uh, it, it wasn't pretty. He had, he had moments. He looked really good in that Pittsburgh game, but yet he didn't throw a touchdown at home. He finally did that on Thursday. He finally threw a touchdown against Tennessee at home on a good swing pass to Jamal Williams. And he did look much improved with his footwork and his presence over the course of that preseason game. But again, it is preseason. And with Deshaun Kaiser now in the fold and Tim Boyle looking strong in camp and looking pretty solid in that preseason game, Hunley's very much a guy who needs to prove that he could still be a part of this quarterback room. If not, he could be a a conditional trade bait or he could just play off the string and be gone from Green Bay after this season. Yeah,
3: I honestly think that this is one of those rare occasions where we would see uh, three quarterbacks in Green Bay moving into the season i you know if if hunley continues to play like he did on thursday he's going to make it very difficult he played very well and the thing i've always said about brett hunley the problem is not his talent the talent is undeniable it's there however he just needs to get over some of the mental aspects of the game you know maintaining composure reading through his progressions uh, have, developing a good feel for the pocket, all those kinds of things, and if he can do that, he's going to be a fine NFL quarterback uh, backup or even a starter for some of those lower level uh, starting teams. I guess you you know say so.
2: Yeah, you put it better than I could. That I agree with you one hundred percent on that. So moving on to your third bounce back, you're continuing your trend of starters, and you've got CM three Clay Matthews. Yeah,
3: I mean I don't think this is a surprise to anyone. I. You know, Clay Matthews is on the final year of his deal. I think he's, you know, something like they could save like $11.4 million if they cut him. I don't think they're going to cut him unless they can find a replacement, which leads me into my next point. The Packers have been rumored to be shopping their two first-round picks for Khalil Mack. I don't know how much substantiation there is to those rumors. Probably not at all. But... You know, that would be the only way that he's not on this roster moving into 2018 is if they bring in a a substantial starter to take over his snaps. Now, Clay Matthews had seven and a half sacks last year. You know, on paper, that looks really good. It sounds really good. But when you jump into the film, you can see... He was scavenging a lot of sacks. You know, a lot of guys were causing pressures from the outside or the inside, and Clay Matthews, was just, he was just kind of there to clean up. And, you know, that's a fine job to do, and it's a fine role to have. However, when you're paying a guy as much as they're paying him, when they're expecting as much out of him as they're expecting, he needs to be better, and he needs to create on his own. He needs to get healthy. He needs to make more plays. He needs to be a leader in this defense again.
2: Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I think he needs to be that playmaker that he can be. And he still has moments where he can get the edge. I think he's better lined up across right tackles than left tackles at this point in his career. And being a guy who's kind of a chess piece that you move around. But I agree with you. I don't think he's going anywhere unless they were to move like like a Killio Mack. But even then, I think they'd let him play out his last year. And then he wouldn't be back in 2019. But he's a guy where if he can recover even part of his form and stay healthy... That's a huge asset for Mike Pence, who has never had that elite outside pass rusher for any of the defenses he's ever coached.
3: Yeah, and I think that Matthews' skill set maybe best suits him. Uh, You mentioned as a chess piece, maybe more as an inside linebacker, which coincidentally this team has a need for now. I mean, Oren Burks played fantastic on Thursday night. Uh, Anything that you could expect him to do, he was doing. But I think Matthews just needs to carve out a better role on this team, I don't know if he's the guy where we can depend on him to make the play every time. I think that now he's, he's developed into a supplementary player rather than a core player.
2: Absolutely. And as we go to, uh, we've crossed the halfway point now, as we move on to our sixth bounce back candidate. I go into the receiving core and I saw a guy who I was impressed by on Thursday night. And that's D'Angelo Yancey. Uh, second-year guy, a former fifth-round pick from Purdue, was a big play guy in, when he was in college, a huge deep threat. But now he's dealing with the three rookies. He's dealing with Jake Kummerow, uh, Trevor Davis still there, obviously, as well. And it's now one of those fights for a roster spot. And he did drop a little bit away. He dropped about 15 pounds, he said, to get back in into the right shape that he wants to be and to be that big play receiver. And he, he was one of the guys who got praise from Aaron Rodgers during that rant on Tuesday. Uh, the 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 piss poor rant by Rogers. He talked about Kumaroud, Allison, and Yancey as guys who who weren't that that uh, that category of player on that during that during that thing. And he started on Thursday's game as well. So I think he's a guy where if he can develop the right way, he could have cover spot as a last receiver on this roster and eventually get like a James Jones type of role.
3: I think that he does have a role on this offense. The only thing that sucks for him is that he's competing with arguably five or six other guys who have a better shot at this roster if we're talking about most NFL rosters I think yes has a legitimate chance to make the roster but when you're looking at this wide receiver group I just it's tough for him to climb that pecking order and if he's gonna do so he's gonna earn it and I think that it's gonna speak to the quality of play in both uh, practice and in games that we're gonna see from him
2: Absolutely. I think that final spot is going to be D'Angelo Yancey, Jake Kumaro, Trevor Davis. May the best receiver <laughs> win.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's also a spot on the practice squad. So, I mean, if, you know, all, all in all, if he doesn't make the final roster, he probably gets brought back on that practice squad.
2: Absolutely. And so, as we move on to our next guy, we go to another receiver, and keeping up with your trend of starters that need to bounce back. We go on to the slot guy, Randall Cobb. So,
3: this is a guy I could have extremely passionate discussions about for a long, long time. I am Me too. so tired of Packers fans putting blame on Randall Cobb. This dude is one of the best receivers in the NFL as far as what he does and what he brings to an offense. I just. He's not the traditional big play receiver where you could put him on the outside and go have him win jump balls. He's not going to do that, but he's nitty gritty. He's going to he's gonna do the things that you're not going to ask out of Devontae Adams. He's going to run those underneath routes. But the thing that separates him is his ability to to create after the catch. And, you know, I have written an article about this. I've tweeted several statistics showing his value compared to the rest of the NFL. And every time I put him into these statistics and I look them up, he's always in the top five, top ten. He's always up there. And this is above guys who are known as the best slot receivers in the game, like Jarvis Landry. Like, he's got better numbers than those guys. And he, he he does what he does, and he does it extremely well. And I don't think if Cobb was in this offense, I don't believe it would be the same.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I, I feel like if you put him in another pass-happy offense, like, like New England with Welker or Denver with Welker or Miami with Landry, he has 120 catches a year. He's a guy where he is so dynamic out of the slot as a guy who not only is a great route runner showing great hands and can make guys miss, but he's got that connection with Rodgers during the scramble drill that no other receiver has. Maybe not even Jordy Nelson on those scramble drills. Cobb just has such a knack for getting open and he creates separation with ease just with his great footwork and his route running that I don't see any way. Even after this year, I think they bring him back for another contract. It, may, it won't be as big of a, a money deal as it was for this last one because the cap was so – insane four years ago but he's a guy where he's so valuable to this team that there's a reason they chose him over jordy nelson yeah
3: i totally agree and i i kind of made my own statistic it was like a cushion uh, maintenance statistic basically i compared the separation that a receiver was getting at the line from the defender and then the cushion that they had at the time of the catch and randall cobb lo and behold was second in that category in the nfl by basically maintaining his cushion that he received from the corner, second to Rashard Higgins from Cleveland. But the reason I listed Randall Cobb, period, is because I don't think he needs a bounce-back season, but a lot of fans do. And I think that they need to maybe take a deep breath and then look at his value as a whole to this offense.
2: No, I agree 100%. So as we move on, uh, I'm going to my version of the Packer punching bag just because I like saying that phrase a lot. And... We're going to look at Kyler Fackrell. And uh, where do we go? Uh, he is a long, athletic, special teams beast uh, at linebacker already. And he's been running with the starters on the outside. He even had the the first sack of the of the season uh, against Tennessee. But he's a guy he hasn't made that flashy impact people when they hear top 100 pick. He hasn't been that flashy guy who's making all these big-time plays. And I, he and he'll probably never be able to win over a lot of fans, but he's a guy where he's he's shown that he can do it in the past. He's shown flashes. He beat Bakhtiari one on one during the during the pass rush drill, uh, the first day of camp. He's arguably the most valuable special teamer, and I think he could be a guy where, if given the right position, put in the right saps, maybe another guy who can move to inside linebacker where his length and coverage skills could be put to better use. There's still a spot for him.
3: You know, it's funny you mentioned moving to inside linebacker because he actually played significant snaps at that position on Thursday. And it's, it's obvious that this coaching staff sees something in fact role because they keep giving him opportunities to show, you know, what he can provide to this defense. And I, I think there's a role for him on this team specifically because of the need on special teams now with the loss of Jake Ryan, the – you know, just the void that is left by that veteran leadership on that unit – and then the whole inside linebacker, if, if Fackrell can come in and show that he can play that position, then I think there's a role for him on the defense.
2: Absolutely. And could you imagine a duel of him and Blake Martinez? You have Martinez, a tackling machine, and then you get the 6'5", uh, right. long athletic wingspan guy in the coverage spot. And then you have Oren Burks right behind him still, too. Uh, that's a good trail
3: and if if he can translate to the position I think he would be very good at it I mean he has all the physical tools to be good at the position it's just a mental thing for him as far as transitioning to a new position he's still a young player uh, a mental thing to overcome all of the criticism he's been receiving from Packers Nation however however much he pays attention to it
2: absolutely yeah and he. yeah exactly and he's uh, a guy where Hopefully he'll, he'll turn up. Hopefully we can see more of him. And now we move on to your version of of the packer punching bag. And he he was all right on Thursday. He didn't stand out to me, but he also, in both good or bad ways. I didn't see too much good or bad from him. He was just kind of he was there. He was he was he had a decent game. That's Jason Spriggs. Doesn't that sum up most
3: of his career? He's just kind of there and. Yeah, (laughs) so like I'm I'm still not seeing what we what we need to see from him as a second round pick back in 2016. It's only it's this third year, you know, offensive linemen generally take longer than some other positions to to adapt to the NFL game. And that's fine. But he was a second round pick. And there's a certain expectation with that. And I have not seen enough to warrant that he's a guy that is going to be critical to this team's success in 2018 because injuries happen. You know, especially in the trenches with the offensive line, somebody's going to get hurt at some point. He just needs to come in and be serviceable, and he can't give up some of the big plays that he was giving up last year. And that's really what I'm looking for him to do in 2018. I don't need him to become the franchise guy in 2018. I think, ideally, that's what they think he can become. I think they have they think he has a tool set to do that. I don't know if he ever will do that, but they just need him to not
2: be bad in 2018. I agree, and I, I think he's a whole heck of a lot better than Byron Bell at <laughs> yes. right tackle to begin with. <laughs> yeah. And and now that he is, he's gained 20 pounds in this offseason, and they talked about how he would put almost 9,000 calories a day in his body to do that, and spending so much time in the weight room despite a dislocated kneecap uh, shows me a lot as well as for his commitment and his work ethic, so I think that's got going for him as well. And James Campen even said earlier this week that, that – he's still getting used to having that extra weight as far as your 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 kickout step and your agility a little bit they they think that once he can figure that out he could be that right tackle that you're looking for but it is this year is pretty much now or never for him and especially having when you realize that Ted Thompson traded up mm-hmm. to get him he, they made the move to go and get him and so he needs to show up this year and become that top swing tackle because i think he is way more talented than bell or Kyle Murphy but the consistency needs to start showing up.
3: Yeah, he definitely needs to be a formidable backup presence on this team this year. And I just, I want to give him all the opportunities in the world. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm holding my cards close and we'll see. We'll see what happens in, in the following
2: weeks. I see the offensive version of Kyler Fackerel.
3: <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, and-
2: and so, as we wrap up our our last player, this one doesn't have to be very long because I know we're kind of up against it for time already. Uh, i I brought up Lance Kendricks, and he I barely saw him on Thursday night. I don't know if I don't know how much he played or not, but he did not make an impact against Tennessee at all. Whereas you saw guys like Robert Tanyan, who looked pretty good as as they're battling for that last tight end spot. There's only six hundred thousand of dead money if Kendricks were to be cut for one more year of this contract. And with his struggles last year, we need, I want to know, was it because of the subpar play of Brett Hundley or was it his own doing? Was he not ready for getting that starting job after the whole, he who must not be named tobacco last year, but can Kendricks take that third tight end role or, or his day's number to green Bay? You know,
3: I did see him in a couple formations. formations. Uh, he was, he was lined up with Mercedes Lewis and they were running formations. So he was in the game, but he wasn't, Running a lot of routes, I think he maybe ran one or two, so he didn't get a lot of opportunities on Thursday to really capitalize on anything. So maybe that means they view him as a significant piece moving forward. You know, it's kind of hard to judge; it's one game. But I do think that he needs to take a step forward. I mean, I remember watching him at Wisconsin, and I thought he was a freak of nature. I was like, oh my god, this guy's amazing, and. He just hasn't translated to that in the NFL for you know whatever reason, but he needs to. If he's going to take a step forward this year, he needs to be a contributor in the receiving game. He can't be is he can't be as inconsistent as he was last year.
2: Man, you're bringing back those memories of the Badgers. We had Kendricks and Travis oh, yeah. Beckham. Man, <laughs> it's good times. What a, what a what a what a trio that was. They had Gary there still. Man, that was, was that fun. was good times. <laughs> but he, absolutely. <laughs> But either way, those are 10 packers we feel are are due or need to have bounce back years in 2018, whether they make the team or not. And so as we wrap things up, I'll Tyler Grezegoric, where can people find you? What are you writing about?
3: So uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Tyler underscore Grez, T Y L E R underscore G R E Z, and I recently joined a new website, NFL Analysis Network, where I'm pumping out Packers content like every other day. It, I'm seriously pumping out a lot of content over there. So if you can't get a you can't get enough Packers, definitely check out that website, NFL Analysis Network. Uh, still writing for fan sided affiliate Lombardi Ave. Uh, so I'm, you know, pumping out content all the time. Just make sure you're following my Twitter. Uh, I'm even on Facebook, uh, Tyler Grezegorik. If you can't spell that, look for it in the description.
2: Absolutely. And for me, you, uh, Mike Wendlandt, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Wendlandt. Um, it's Mike W-E-N-D-L-A-N-D-T, all one word. You also find my writings at Dairyland Express, another fan-sided affiliate where everything Packers, Badgers, Brewers, and Bucks as well as PackersTalk.com. I should have an article up as you guys are listening to us about D'Angelo Yancey and how not to sleep on him as well. And also, you can also uh, find me at those places as well uh, over the course of that. And also, don't forget to follow Packaday Podcast on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Check us out anywhere good podcasts are found iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Cheesehead TV, and Spotify as well. And don't forget to keep listening every day, including tomorrow. Zach and Batub will be bringing you some of the latest Packers news as well for your Sunday. So for Tyler Grezegork, a couple time zones over. This is Mike Lemon signing off for the Packer day Podcast. We'll talk to you next Saturday in Packerland. Land. Stay
3: safe, guys.
0: Shotgun formation, of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rogers looks it over gets the snap. Backpedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good. Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25! Cutting right to the 20! 15, 10, 5. Devontae Adams to the south end zone for the touchdown! Rogers. Looks it over. Starts to his left. Now he moves. Starts to the right side. Snap to A. Rod looking downfield, being flushed. Rolling left, winds up. Rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's high and it's caught. It is caught for a touchdown. yes, Can you Believe it. One kick away from the NFC Championship game. Left hand spot. 51 yards. Field goal attempt. Snap. Placement. Kick to the upright. and It is right down yes. the middle. It is good, and the Packers are going to the
4: NFC Championship game. And what a happy bunch of green!